that when things are not going perfectly according to plan, when there's disagreements, which I am told do happen from time to time within community, Jesus is concerned with how do we care for community and how do we talk to one another. But I also found myself being really curious as I prepared this message about the binding and the loosing. What is bound here on earth is bound in heaven. What is loosed in earth is loosed in heaven. And so I had to go back to an understanding of how the Torah was studied in Jesus's time. There was a common term for scholarly practice, this binding and loosing, that decided if a particular biblical commandment was applicable to a contemporary situation. If you have never been to a Torah study uh, and have never had an experience of hearing rabbis in particular arguing about scripture, it is an amazing and eye-opening experience because they will fight about their understanding and then hug and walk away to do it again the next week. That is how they come to understand God's word is this process of binding and loosing. And so for Jewish rabbis, uh, bound law is when it is determined that a commandment is applicable to a particular situation. And then they loose the law when it's determined that a word of scripture, while eternally valid, is not applicable to this particular situation. So in Jesus's day, there was really two competing rabbinical schools, those who followed Rabbi Hamai and those who followed Rabbi Hillel. There are over 300 recorded examples in the Talmud of their disagreements, but tradition does make it clear that they had incredible respect for each other. There is an ancient joke that explains their differences, saying, Hamai binds, Hillel loosens. In other words, our struggle between those who read the Bible literally and those who believe that context matters is not at all a new problem. Here we have examples of Jesus doing it throughout Scripture. In the Sermon in the Mount, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. So Jesus is taking the sixth commandment, you shall not murder, and binding it to daily actions when we act in anger. Jesus is saying, do not even start on that road to violence. We also have examples in Matthew of Jesus loosing certain commands of scripture. We talked about this a few weeks ago when Jesus looses the prohibition against working on the Sabbath when he heals and then declares it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And so this decision that Jesus makes as a rabbi in this moment would allow Sabbath prohibitions to be loosed in a great many other instances as well. We loosen texts today when we do not uh, believe that we are bound by ancient dietary codes, such as not eating shellfish. We loose so that people can love and marry 
the people that they love and want to marry? When a politician calls poor people moochers or welfare moms and then cuts the budget for food stamps, they are loosing scripture that says that all a hundred passages that tell us to feed the hungry and to do justice do not apply to society today. And so what is Jesus telling his disciples? It is the chief priests in the temple and the Pharisee elite who claim that they have the power to bind and loosen in the interpretation of scripture and the law. But Jesus is putting that power to interpret scripture into the hands of his followers. Truth is known most clearly in a gathered people because the living spirit is present in our gathering when we study scripture. That spirit reminds us that we are called to bind and to loosen. And what is amazing is that when we get it right, when we are gathered in community, when we are studying, when the spirit is present and we are listening to the spirit, what we bind and loose on earth breaks through in heaven. And God works to create and renew the world with us. And so there is a larger work at play here in this Matthew passage about the rules of engagement when we come together as a community that isn't going to agree on everything. These rules of engagement matter when you're building an authentic Christian community. It's less about having a code of conduct to follow perfectly. And it's more about in those moments of conflict, how do we regain a sibling who has walked away in pain and anger? I don't think Matthew's biggest concern in his rules for how to approach somebody is about settling a dispute. I don't actually know that we should take it as a strict formula. If someone's upset or there's a disagreement or they've said something harmful, one of you will be appointed to go speak and then two of you will be go appointed to go speak and then five of you will go speak to them and then when that doesn't work, we never speak to them again. But I think it's about creating an environment where Christ's present can, presence continues to bring forgiveness and healing. It is important in the larger context of Matthew to know that the verse immediately before this passage is about God delighting in gathering back the sheep that have strayed. And a warning against despising others, even those who seem to despise you. And so these verses are looking at a new understanding of forgiveness, multiplying forgiveness beyond imagination, suggesting that our ability to forgive others is really tied to our ability to be forgiven. And so I don't think this passage is meant to be a very legalistic understanding but it's a reminder offered by somebody who knows that relationships take a lot of work to maintain and that community is harder to create and nurture than we might imagine. 
Because going to someone with your grievance or your concern is a whole lot harder than talking behind their back. Bringing others to listen closely to what is said to make sure that everyone is hearing each other fully takes a lot more courage than posting a really well-written rant on Facebook. And working out disputes as a community is a lot harder than just judging and saying that we're done. I think the heart of this passage is about Christian community, what it is, how it suffers, how we address hurt, and what healed community can actually accomplish. I think it is especially important to consider this passage in the context of our community's presence at Pride this weekend. I reached out to two of my friends. Both of them are incredible leaders in their community. Both of them are incredible queer clergy people. And I asked about this particular passage because I think this is one that in evangelical tradition has also been used to wound. This has been used to push people out of community in really painful confrontation. And I said, how do we understand this in a way that isn't about that pain of confrontation, of sitting somebody down, of the infinite, infamous, as, as my friends will tell you about, when the pastor calls you and says, I've heard some rumors about you, let's go get coffee. And then it just gets worse from there. If I ever ask you for coffee, by the way, I promise that I probably just want to have coffee. My friend Heidi says, we talk a lot about the text around conflict, but it's a piece of what Jesus calls us to do when we carry the labor for others. When we're willing to talk to somebody one-on-one -on -one and say, you spoke words that hurt. Let's talk about why and what's going on in your heart. And then if that doesn't work, maybe bring a few more people in to share their stories and their hearts. And then have a community share their hearts and where they are and why they believe and love God the way that they do. And that work doesn't always have to be on the person who has been harmed by the words. That's on us to carry that labor. Those of us who may not have been harmed by somebody's hateful words, we can do that work of pulling somebody into community and saying, we want you to see how you can love better in God's name. My friend Hannah says, at the end, God describes God's self as the one who will go with us into our struggle, which is a reminder that God walks into our riots and into our pride. When we come together around a common desire to support the vulnerable and the harmed, then God promises to be with us. And even when there may only be a couple of us, we are not alone. Pride is a confrontation of the harm that has been done. But rather than fighting back with argument, we confront their desire for us to suffer with a display of joyful celebration. It is an artistic, colorful, life-giving display of protest against all those who harm us through wishing us to be silent and invisible. 
As allies, people are joining in that colorful, colorful creative way of naming and resisting harm. Matthew is giving us a blueprint, not from expelling a person from our community, but maybe from expelling harm from it. The presence of our witness is binding God's love and loosing the theology that has been used like a sword to cut people away. I hear within this text a call for us to be a binding and loosing community. We are a binding community when we provide a clear moral compass, not letting people off the hook about scriptures that call us to justice and to compassion. We are a loosing community when we remove the undue burdens placed upon people by a hateful religion. When we free people to love, we are loosing. When people feel judged and shamed by the church, we set them free because God's love is overflowing with grace. But the question is always, how do we know when we get it right? In this world of competing values, how do we know that we are anywhere near the truth? We go back to rabbi, those two rabbis, Hamai who binds and Hillel who loosens. The Talmud tells that a Gentile came to Hamai saying that he would convert to Judaism if Hamai could teach him the whole Torah in the time that he could stand on one foot. Hamai drove him away with a builder's measuring stick. Hillel, on the other hand, converted the Gentile by telling him, that which is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. That is the whole Torah. The rest is just commentary. Go and study it. My friends, do not do that which is hateful to you. That is the whole of God's word to us. The rest is just commentary. And we know that when we follow this, God's spirit is moving among us and through us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thanks be to God.